This is an Area Code podcast. The priest is quite hot. It's so hot. Hi, I'm Richard Clark. And I'm Bethany Perkins. We love pop culture. And we love the Enneagram. We are obsessed. That's why we're hosting a podcast where we can get it all out of our system. This is No Chill Enneagram Watch Party. A safe space for Enneagram and pop culture fanatics. And a pretty great idea for a podcast. This is No Chill Enneagram. I am Richard Clark. Uh, I'm a four. and Supposedly. I like, I'm supposedly a four, but one Maybe. reviewer thinks I'm Who mistyped. knows? Yeah. Um, I, uh, and I'm here as always with our uh, co-host, Bethany Perkins. Hey, Bethany. <laughs> Bethany. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I nailed it. You nailed it. It was yeah. perfect. <laughs> uh, you're a two. I'm a two, supposedly. Yeah. At least that's um, what I've been operating as. I'm a little bit pop culture. She's a little bit Enneagram. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's okay. our way of saying who's expert in what, right? That felt okay. very Disney Channel, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're here with a very special guest, Caitlin Beatty. Caitlin, welcome back to the show. Yeah, it's good to see you guys. So you haven't been on into, uh, since uh, episode... Like two or something. Yeah, um, it was it early. Was early. On. It was summer of 2018 when we recorded. You were one of those brave souls who came on before you knew what was happening, like before the show even really existed. I think. Yeah, I went. I actually went back and listened to it last week, mm-hmm. and you took a lot of delight in having me try to name my failures. <laughs> oh, we did. That do was that. a big thing. Yeah, for you. Yes. That's <laughs> Oh, because you were three in particular, probably. Yeah, yeah. We did do that. We did that with most numbers. I remember we had freaking sleeping at last on, mm-hmm. and we were like, "Say something we tried mean to get about into somebody." A conflict. Yeah. <laughs> we Wait, like, is that person a nine? Yeah. Yes. Oh, sorry. Yes, that's important context. Yeah. Yeah. He was a nine, so we tried to get him to like start a fight with another musician yeah, or something, like say a controversial opinion or something, and he went. <laughs> I think he just said like there were some movies that he didn't enjoy or the something. The backflips he did to keep yeah. from doing it were incredible, just remarkable. So yeah. I, I sometimes know. wonder what it's like to be a nine because it's so yeah. hard for me to fathom not like, wanting to say something that could be controversial. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. what does it look like to hold back? Well, I don't if know. You think, if, you com- if you think of, I don't know if, this works for you, but for me, I feel like a nine is to a three as a four is to an eight. Mm-hmm. So when mm-hmm. I think of eights, I'm like, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. Like, and eights will just come up and say stuff to your face. Um, <laughs> like, hey, could you move out of my way? And they will never think about it the rest of their day. That would ruin mm. my entire day. To say that oh, yeah. to somebody or to have that yes. said both. to you. Yeah, oh. literally both, both would ruin yeah. my entire day. Mm-hmm. I will do anything to keep from having to say, hey, can you move out of my way? I'm like, oh, yeah. I'll just come back an hour later. <laughs> oh, 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 look at that. Oh, and then just keep nudging past. Yeah. Anyway. Well, um, today we had you on to talk about Fleabag. Um, we asked you what you wanted to talk about, and you chose Fleabag. Why, Caitlin, did you choose Fleabag to talk about? Well, you might recall that... My favorite TV shows are kind of trash <laughs> in the sense that, well, not, they're co- not artistically, but like, yeah, I probably wouldn't sit down with my parents to watch them. Yeah, they're not shows you would watch with your parents. I think they're the opposite mm-hmm. of trash. They're incredible shows. Yeah, not trash. But like I, we've talked a lot about girls. Which but is, I, has but a I feel thing, like yeah. a little like, like I would be embarrassed to come on here and talk about girls because you would then see that I've seen the entire show like five times. Mm, but I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Fleabag. <laughs> well, now we all know that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Good thing you didn't do that. <laughs> huh. <laughs> huh. I see how this works now. Um, 
Fleabag is so wonderfully character driven. You know, it's not necessarily, I mean, of course there is plot, but they're just such like rich and clear characters that clearly have like an arc of growth, mm-hmm. which I, I, and, and have arcs of like stress or disintegration. And so that mm-hmm. feels like it really naturally lends itself to um, Enneagram talk. And also like, you know, season two came out, I think two years ago and mm-hmm. a lot of people watched it. And I mean, I, wa- I rewatched the series for this episode and I like, teared up. I, th- I was like, yes. this is so Oh, I weep. Good. Every time at so, the end of I can't wait to talk two. about it. Did you rewatch yeah. season one? Caitlin? I did. And I will say, and so do we need to rehash like the plot or like the general setup for our listeners? So what we do first is we do a, a segment called Describe That Thing in Nine <laughs> Words. So we're gonna we're both we both have written down descriptions um, mm. for the show and and it's nine words and and this is how we describe the show and then we'll discuss why yeah. and if that makes sense and in the course of doing that we'll have described what the show is mm-hmm. yeah we're assuming that people have watched it if that's the other thing is this. this is a hyper spoiler show yeah as well. yeah but uh, yeah Bethany why don't you go first woman in her twenties. Navigates love, loss, conflict, healing. Ooh. <laughs> You're like, I need one more. Healing. <laughs> yeah. Not and healing. Because I think, yeah, there was no room for the and. It's mm-hmm. nine words. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. And I wanted all four love, of those things. Love. Loss. Loss. Conflict. Conflict. Healing. Healing. Do you feel like she ends up healed at the end? Um. Probably not fully healed, but definitely a lot of growth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd All agree right, with here, that. Here's mine. Grieving people collide in mundane but life-altering ways. Wow. That's good. I started to notice as I was watching this that in particular, like the, I feel like the primary um, conflict or plot line or relationship in this show is between her and her dad. Like mm. it really bookends everything. And the fact that they are both grieving mm-hmm. um is what everything in the show is about. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, it sort of like sets off this it just made me think about how much um grief makes us feel like we deserve things mm. and how those things we think we deserve destroy <laughs> the lives of people around us. Mm-hmm. Mm. And there's, I don't know if there's anyone to blame for that, what to do about that, but I thought Fleabag is really good at like showing us mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember seeing trailers for season one, you know, several years ago, and I was like, oh no, not this again. Like, messy woman <laughs> in her 20s, like, <laughs> sleeps yeah. with whoever and drinks. Yeah. And I was like, we've seen it, like, this isn't interesting. I was like, very. You're like, I've seen that show five times already. <laughs> That's yeah. like all my favorite shows. Um, <laughs> I just meant girls five times. That's what the joke is. <laughs> right, right. But it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't take more than a few episodes into season one where you realize that there's like a really intense motive for why she acts the way she does, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. makes the show so much more interesting. Like the backstory about her friend and her mm-hmm. mom's death and yeah. the fact that her father is just unable to come anywhere close to her, draw close to her mm-hmm. or hit any members or of his finish family. finish a sentence. Like. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. They're, yes. He like, unable to communicate really. Yeah, you know, like yeah. there are reasons why she's not just messy for its own sake. Like, and her, her mess like has actual consequences oh, that yeah. raise the stakes. It's not just she's messy because that's, who she is. It's like, there are reasons that she's like this and it affects the people around her. Mm-hmm. And I love that like already in episode one of season two, she's like, she's trying to make different decisions mm-hmm. about yes. her life. Um, it's such a relief, right? When she, when she tells you after all of season one, which is just about her being terrible mm-hmm. and yes. it's called Fleabag and the whole thing. And then in season mm-hmm. two, like she says, she likes go, goes through the whole list of mm-hmm. good decisions that she's made 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, of course she's still, there's still a lot of mess in season two, but just even like the scene where the guy that she had been sleeping with in season one, like shows up very oh, early yeah. on in season two. And she literally runs down the street away from yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. It's like, wow, this, this is like a she's very serious. deliberate decision she's making about trying, I think just trying to be a better person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like being, trying to be more, whole you know even but though is she doing it to be a better person is she doing it to like somehow have a better life because I, f- I feel like i recollect <laughs> what a weird word to use right now i, feel like <laughs> I, I, recall, I recall um at the end of season one like s- there is a revelation at the end of season one and i'm trying to remember what it is but it, i think it has to do essentially with like realizing what she really misses is her friend and she's looking for mm-hmm. companionship of that kind and mm-hmm. she's not able to find it anywhere. Mm-hmm. But why, why stop? Like, wh- I don't, I don't know if I, I really think she realizes, why. I think she realized that it was getting out of control. Like hmm. she's like avoiding and pleasure seeking and mm-hmm. it's just getting, reckless and maybe to a point where she can't really control it and so I think she's like if I just stop all that and if I just rein it in maybe Mm -hmm. I can like start to deal with these things yeah I also feel like she starts in season two maybe with a sense of like she she doesn't deserve a lot out of life Hmm. like because Hmm. she feels so much guilt about what happened to her friend and Mm -hmm. her own role in that like yes. there's a there's a sense of grief and maybe like, well, I'm not going to ask for too much from life or from other people because I don't deserve it because I've done this horrible thing. Mm-hmm. You're reminding me now how much a shame element mm-hmm. plays, r- how much of a role shame plays in that first season where mm-hmm. she is really just trying to run from shame. Yep. Like, yes. Because she felt it was her fault mm-hmm. that that her daughter uh, that her daughter that her (laughs) (laughs) she doesn't have a daughter this isn't gilmore girls yeah (laughs) she felt it would it was her fault um that her friend died yes Um, Mm -hmm. and i guess she probably realized that she could end up doing that again or something if she didn't stop and so that's a good point like in a way in season two it's not even like she's past that problem like she's just more in it because she's like Hmm trying not to ruin other people's lives in that way or something. I don't know. I do feel like, and we should talk about her any flea bags, Enneagram type at some point. Yes. Yeah. That's took, the next segment. I took should, notes. Should we transition? Yeah. I'm, sure. I'll go ahead and do it. All right. Okay. So the next, our next Caitlin section. Caitlin was about to say something. So. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just going to let her carry on that sentence immediately after I said, our next segment is called, let's type the people in this thing. Okay, so I wrote down, and I have to, I really am curious to hear what you all came up with because mm-hmm. I'm not entirely confident. I mean, obviously, this is a complex character, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I first wrote down was seven ish, escaping oh, pain yeah. through fun, not able to deal with loss of friend. Seven is turned outward for distraction instead of inward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I think especially with the use of like breaking the fourth wall as a way Mm -hmm. of kind of like sarcastically commenting on what's going on. Yeah. It's like, she's checking out of what's really going on. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. everything Mm -hmm. is from a remove and kind of this casual, like I can handle this. I got it. And she becomes less like that in season two. She becomes more grounded through her, I think through her relationship with priest Mm-hmm. Hot priest, which Hot priest. I I just looked up. Like he doesn't have a name either, which is really yeah. interesting. Yeah. He's never named. His, yeah, his, his name, name is Hot Priest in the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hot Priest. But I thought seven seven with an eight wing because mm-hmm. the eight ish like kind of pushes people away. Yeah, doesn't really want a lot of vulnerability. Seeking love through sex, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I came up with. Seven ish, eight ish vibes for me what do you think bethany i agree okay yeah i think seven because 
and specifically like very unhealthy seven because she is avoiding pain like the the whole first season she keeps having these flashbacks to boo and then to like what she did you know cheating with boo's boyfriend and and every time she gets one of those flashbacks she like comes out of it and like runs away from it like she's not dealing with the pain and Mm -hmm. she's very yeah she's just very destructive and I think all of it is coming from the need to avoid pain Mm -hmm. I uh I was thinking for for a while and the reason was just because she's so cavalier about horrific things with people like she talks to Mm. the the cab driver about her friend's death, like very bluntly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I also felt like there's a scene where she realizes she's on the period when she's on the train and everyone else is like, sc- she oh, imagines yeah. everyone screaming in pain. Like she basically is like her feelings of, um, heightened emotional awareness cause her to be aware of other people's pain. So I just labeled her as an empath at that moment. Right. And like, um, and then the withdrawn stuff, like I just thought of like, I thought of like, for me, her talking to the camera was just a, a really, I don't know if it was an Enneagram thing so much as just like a disassociation thing. Like, mm-hmm. like that is just what you do. Like, you just have to check out, and the the priest calls it out specifically. Yes. You know, yes. which is so times. such an amazing narrative. Oh, it's amazing! Like, it such a clever narrative spin to have another yes. character like engage the use yes. of yes. the breaking of the fourth wall. Yeah, um, yeah. I did. I mean, I did write down four. Period. Ah, I'm such a mess. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, there's, yeah. and this is a stereotype of fours, and I'm sure I'm not getting it right, but like. I have a friend who's a four who's like just so open to like all experiences, good or bad, mm-hmm. meaning like or like painful. Like she's open to pain, the painful experiences as mm-hmm. well as like the joyful experiences. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I generally want to avoid painful experiences. Mm-hmm. But for her as a four, it's like, but that's life. Like that's all of life. You have like right. the valleys and the peaks. And there is a little bit of flea bag seeming to kind of like revel in her mess. Yeah. And other people reflect that back to her too. Like other characters, people in her family will make comments like, no, you're not going to make a scene here. Are you? Yeah. Yes. That's a very four thing. Like, are you going to make this about you again? Like that thing, which came up multiple times, but it's also a seven thing. Yeah. She's very self-centered. Yeah, definitely. Um, And I also was thinking through for for her as well but i decided i I really don't think she is a four because fours do like to just sit in like Mm -hmm. the bad stuff and she cannot at least in the first season i think what 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 you guys are talking about makes a lot of sense because it's like this it's like i think the the being comfortable talking about darkness thing is different than being comfortable in the darkness it's a totally different thing and it is an unhealthy seven thing yeah to be cynical and jaded and just kind of throw that stuff out there Mm -hmm. um the one thing that made me think that she wasn't a a seven potentially was that she's not a positive person (laughs) right she's not like i think of sevens as like fun and joyous and life of the party and like look on the bright side she's not that mm-hmm. she's not reframing things into the positive mm. but she is she does like use humor a lot like she is very funny and she yeah and mm-hmm. she is charming like she can do that mm-hmm. like be funny and charming but yeah she doesn't reframe things to the positive the thing that, as I was watching, I was like, this is the key to what number she is. It's a little bit awkward, but I think that her relationship to sex is like a big tell here. Mm-hmm. And I do think it lands on either four or seven, and I'm becoming more convinced it's seven. But like, there's a moment where she describes specifically why she likes sex, and she like, she talks about she likes the drama of it. Yes. And of course, because of that keyword, I was like, oh, four, obviously. Mm-hmm. But thinking about it, 
like the way the uh the examples you see of her experiences is that she is collecting experiences. That's the mm. whole point. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's it. Outside that's of like that specific need she has of like needing mm-hmm. someone to feel close to, outside of that, what she really likes is like collecting those weird mm-hmm. Almost nightmarish sexual experiences that she can then make a joke out of and reframe mm-hmm. in that way later right. on. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. You don't get a sense that she's seeking like an intimate experience, right? <laughs> which no. would right. which would make me think that she were more of a four to be on the search for like the one per the one magical person yeah. who's gonna like save her and fix everything. Although, see, really see her. Maybe that's what happens with priest. With so we agree that Fleabag is a seven, wing yeah. eight. I think we yeah. can say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. But I do see, I do see a little bit of six in her mm-hmm. in the scene where she's in the what's it called confessional thing at the church. Uh huh. And she's with, like, I just I'm sorry. She's like, I want someone to just tell me what to do. Yes. Tell me how to live my life, and then. And I think in her relationship to her sister and to Boo, I mean, with her sister, she's like always kind of this, like, she's just very loyal to her sister, even though her sister sometimes treats her like crap. Claire, who's just like a, such a funny character, obviously a three. Oh, good. Okay, good. (laughs) I was going to need you to say it first because I felt bad. (laughs) I'm just like Claire. Did we tell our guest? Did I, we tell our guest that Caitlin is a three? I don't even know if we said we that. We did. Yet. Yeah. Okay, good. We did. Um, but also, like, in her relationship with Boo, and she's kind of continuing on running this cafe, kind of almost mm-hmm. like to honor Boo. I don't know. I think mm-hmm. there there really is like a, a loyalty streak. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. In in Fleet Bag. That's true. That's true. Okay, well, let's talk about Claire a little bit. Claire. Is there any doubt that she's a three? I mean, no, right? Well, I could see one. I could see one, too, because she's so serious. She's so serious. (laughs) But no, I think... She's the most serious person. Her relationship to her work... Yeah. ...is obviously, like... Yeah. Yeah. ...the primary thing about her, right? Also, there was that that one scene at... um, It's in the second season when they're... It's one of Claire's work things, and she's mm-hmm. talking with Fleabag afterward in her office, and she says that Fleabag always makes her feel like a failure, mm-hmm. which was <laughs> just so weird. I was like, what? But I think that through, like, if she's a three, I don't know, she sees something in Fleabag that she mm-hmm. is... I don't know what it is. She's successful in social situations. I'm not really sure. I mean, I think she sees that like Fleabag is better. Like if it's a competition, you know, Mm -hmm. and there's one thing that Claire like isn't better at. It's like Fleabag is so charming and funny and Mm -hmm. and relaxed in these social settings. Claire is obviously very like uptight and anxious. Mm -hmm. And she just sees like you're just better at this than I am. I feel like a failure in this regard. But it's just so ironic her saying that they're Mm -hmm. standing in Claire's gigantic office. She's obviously very successful. Mm -hmm. And like her life is more together than flea bags. Mm -hmm. It's almost like threes don't feel successful. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just going to put that out there. Yeah. So... We have to talk about the priest, right? Yeah. Let's talk about the hot priest. Um, yeah. First of all, I just want to say that scene, that scene in the um, confession booth does not hold up or I, I'm a little torn about whether it doesn't hold up. I'm or extremely it, torn. I feel like, it. I, like, obviously it was a horrific thing that he did. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. it doesn't hold up because he still comes across as likable. That dude should be canceled. Like, well, like, he was that's drunk. horrific. He was drunk. It's, okay, well, when she showed yeah. up, he shouldn't have been. Do- he shouldn't have been drunk. Either. He shouldn't have been drunk, but he was, and I think that's the reason why I'm like, that's why it happened. I think because mm. he was drunk. 
it's not even what happened, but it's the the fact that she was at her most vulnerable and saying things like, "I just want someone to tell me what to do," and she yeah. was she was turning a corner she away was. from these bad habits, and mm. he just plops her right back into the bad habit. Yeah, zone. I hated it honestly. <laughs> Do you, it was yeah. bad. Oh, I I liked it. Um, do you? <laughs> I did not. Do you think that he kind of led her down the a wrong path in in kind of that turn in that scene? I Man, mean, I don't. I think I get yeah. I get like what you're asking in terms of like the narrative arc and stuff. But um, if you're a priest, like well, right? No, I mean there are so many things about the hot priest. Let's just call him priest. <laughs> I think everything I like else priest. was everything else is like human foibles, whatever. That moment is a a, bl- a flagrant abuse of power mm-hmm. on a level at which it, and it, and it's so specifically horrendous in terms of what she needs from him and what yes. he gives her. Yes. Well, and of course, like the setting. Like yeah. I feel like it'd be different if they're like at a bar and just talking. And he mm-hmm. doesn't have his robe on, and they're 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 meeting more yeah. person to person. But because of the confessional in the church, he has on his collar. Like there are these symbolic different, like power differentials. Yeah. And in that moment where she is the most vulnerable, he makes it erotic. Yeah. yeah. Not that I don't think we're to think that it was non consensual, right? No. No, I mean, not right. in the specific, not, but, it's, but, but if you were to say that about someone else who had power over someone else, like you put mm-hmm. the, you, those questions of cons- consent become really complicated and mm-hmm. almost moot at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, it's clear, it's clear that she's going after him this whole season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, in that moment, like that was just not what she needed. At mm. all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and it it could have been, like, it could have been something really helpful and transformative for her, mm-hmm. but it was not. I mean, mm-hmm. I sh- maybe it was transformative, but <laughs> helpful? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. So what, what kind of a number does that sort of thing? Not really. I don't want to frame it like that. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. I, mean, I, I feel like there's a pretty – I feel like I am pretty clear on what he is. I don't I don't think I'm I have not, an idea. Yeah, yeah, tell us, Caitlin. I think he's a two with a one wing. Hmm. I think that he is motivated. Like his whole posture toward her from the beginning of season two is like, I will always be there for you. Come by whenever, whenever you need to talk. Like, I think he derives a lot of fulfillment out of being the person that other people can like lean on and turn to. Mm -hmm. And that's how Mm -hmm. he gets his own loneliness met. And he did say that he wanted to help her Mm -hmm. in that one, that amazing scene in the cafe um, oh, and she hates the when he says that because it yes. she feels like it's so condescending. Yes, he's like, I'm, I'm just trying to help you, right? And she was very offended. I mean, I also feel like, as twisted and gross as it <clears throat> is, and like would be in real life, when he says Neil, mm-hmm. I think in some weird, twisted way, he thinks he's helping her. Is that how it's? I couldn't tell. I don't know. I couldn't tell. I did. Yeah. I couldn't make heads or tails of that scene. That scene is so weird to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Multiple layers to that. And I was. I. 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 I felt a, a, a little bit of relief when, like, you know, God does His thing and like makes. Mm-hmm. I don't know something the fall down. Which yes. like the world of this show is so weird, where the way God has expresses Himself is just making stuff fall down off yeah. the walls. You're like, saying I didn't like that. That's not how God speaks to you, Rich. Is just like no. making objects fall in your house. <laughs> not often. No. Usually yeah. he just. Um, like gives me a uh, cold or something. A cold. <laughs> I want one uh, of the pictures. The plague. <laughs> I have a feel. I have this thing where whenever I get sick, I feel like it's probably because of sin. Oh, hmm. isn't that weird? It's like <laughs> but it's that like makes the one, so much like, sense to me it's too. Like, 
It's like the one holdover to, from like my olden days. No, I feel like, no, <laughs> I feel like days. I relate to that. Like when I get sick, I'm like, this is the Lord's way of getting me to slow down. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, no, you just touched that pole on the subway car. Yeah. And exactly. then licked your hand. <laughs> Again. Again. <laughs> it's Again. Irresistible. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I feel like he's a two with a one wing because he is motive. He seems so motivated about, but by trying to help her, but also even though his morals are like not always clear to me, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think yeah. at the end of the day, he really does have this sense of this is my commitment. This is what's right. I've made my choice about what my life is going to be about. And that means that I can't be with you. And that the decision of the show to end that way is so brilliant because of <laughs> course, everybody kind of instinctively wants them to be together. Like, mm-hmm. but in some ways the, the universe of the show, like we know the kind of man he is from the beginning. He's trying, he's, tried at least to say like this is what my life is about this is my calling and vocation yeah yeah this is i believe what god wants me to do with my life i i just feel like ones kind of have this religious bent i think you're right and i think the the the, what makes him a two is is that he frames it all with a relationship with mm-hmm. rela- relationship language, like yeah. he, mm-hmm. everything is about who he is devoted to, mm. as opposed to what's right, like what he's what he's committed to, whatever. It's more about who he, who he's devoted to in terms of relationship. And also, he, the way that he goes wrong and veers off his path is because he can't help himself when it comes to this romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. Like he just couldn't help himself. He he knew it was going to happen. He knew that it was risky and dangerous for him to be engaging with her in this way and he just he couldn't help himself mm-hmm. and that that's relatable mm-hmm. as a two. Interesting. Like, because hmm. you just want intimacy so badly. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like he's, there's no way that he's like in the thinking, in the head triad. He's he's too, mm-hmm. I just feel like he operates out of like an emotional core. Yeah, he also has yeah. that charm, which is something, right? I did place him as a seven for a while. And then mm. I thought, well, if she's a seven, this is yet another example of a double number matchup that goes wrong um which is kind of nice mm-hmm. <laughs> this is nice <laughs> i just i have a theory about double numbers like they're they're bad nine times out of ten they're just bad um mm. at least at least in fiction <laughs> <laughs> all right let's talk about godmother that's her literal name oh in show. my gosh yes um, I, I hate I have, her with I, every fiber of my being she's i think terrible. we probably I think we probably all know the number, but I am like 100% on the number. I'm not budging okay. on, on my opinion of the number. Okay. Does anyone else feel like th- they know the number? I think she's a one wing two. Oh, no. I she's would... an eight, y'all. She's an eight. She's mm. an eight. Oh, I see. Okay. I... Okay, why? Why? All right. So I um I don't have a lot to say about, about it other than um, – just there's one moment that I think is the big tell, but um, before I get to that part, I do feel like she does what she thinks needs to happen. She do, she's that that person who's just doing the thing she thinks needs to happen. But more than that, um, she is her whole life is orchestrated orchestrated around exercising control over over others. Yes, and letting people know that she has control over them. Yes, um, there's a very specific moment when. She tells she wants she wants everybody to come to her sex exhibition. Mm-hmm. Um, Fleabag shows up and she is handed a plate of th- things. Look, Canapea. they are not they are not poor. They can afford to hire people to do this. Yes, there's a reason she did She's this. She's always to putting people in their place. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, and then then she gives a speech and she talks mm-hmm. about sex and she looks at Fleabag directly and she says sex and she looks at Fleabag and she says 
it's about power. And she pauses and they have mm-hmm. a moment mm-hmm. where it's she's not talking about sex, obviously. That's just like mm-hmm. she's talking about her relationship in general with Fleabag. Well, it does make a lot of sense given that the godmother is with Fleabag's father, who is like totally lost. Yeah. He yeah. has like I don't even know if this man has like will. Yeah. You know. Right? And yeah. when they're about to get married, like on their wedding day, and he's kind of hiding in the house mm-hmm. upstairs, and Fleabag finds him, and she says, "You don't have to go through with this. Like, I'll get you out of here." And you get Everyone this sense that, like, the godmother has just—I mean, I think he loves her, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, you get—you really do get the sense that, like, the godmother calls the shots through and through oh, yeah. for everyone in her oh, life, yeah. but she makes it look like it's not that. Okay, yeah. but that's the thing. Eights don't need to mask what they're doing and all this fake sweetness and making it, trying so hard to make it look like that's not what you're doing, but she's very obvious like about it. To me. It's some sort of... It's polite, but it's not masking. It's some sort of attempt at manipulation, but she's just so, she's really bad at it. Like, you can just see the the malice in her, but Mm -hmm. she's trying to be sweet. She's trying to look sweet. Mm -hmm. Man, I mean. Which is why I think she's a one, because she doesn't. She's doing that reaction formation thing where she is portraying the opposite Mm. of what she is feeling. Mm. Like, like, um, in that scene in the first season when. Fleabag pushes her and she slaps Fleabag across the face. Oh my gosh. Five seconds later, it was intense. Five seconds later, they're leaving and she has a smile on her face and she goes, What a lovely evening. That was Mm -hmm. pretty weird. That was pretty weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's some one shit. Because the the one always has this anger that they're trying mm -hmm. to deal with. That's like always Mm kind of like below the surface, bubbling up like. Yeah. Why can't other people be better? Why can't I be better? But they're mm-hmm. always trying to like manage it. Mm-hmm. And you do you do see the godmother like playing the proper social role. Mm-hmm. But then the anger comes out in certain yes. settings. I think, I think it comes down to why she's doing those things and and I think it could easily be that she can't keep her rage from coming out, which would be like a one thing, but but to to me it, it felt in the moment like she was uh she was being pretty bald about it with the people that she wants to deliver a message to mm-hmm. and that and that she was doing that to to actually like in her mind she was doing it for the best to to protect her husband or her boyfriend or whatever he is mm-hmm. right like she thought she was doing something good for their father and because of that she was exhibiting clear like boundaries and control over their uh his daughters mm-hmm. um to k- sort of keep them in their place and she is i think she sees herself as the person to do that like mm-hmm. that's kind of how i read it but i agree <laughs> that it's really two different angles you could see this through mm-hmm. and it's really mm-hmm. hard to determine which one it is mm-hmm. yeah well whatever she is she's kind of a She's a handful of a character. <laughs> yeah. I oh, love I Olivia hate Coleman, her so much. But so man. Good. Yeah. Can we talk about Boo real quick? Does anyone have an idea of what Boo is? Two. Yeah, I think so. I just wrote down that she gave her the guinea pig and said it was something for you to love. Hmm. That's that's the reason she gave it to her. Wait, did Fleabag give it to Boo? Yeah. Fleabag gave it to Boo and said, here is something for you to love, mm-hmm. which is... That is a hundred percent something you give a a reason you give a two something. And also yeah. when Fleabag is talking about the death of her mother and she has this really beautiful line and she's like where she says, I have all this love and I don't know where to put it now. Mm. Mm. Oh yeah. And Boo says, You can give it to me. Yeah. Ugh. That is really sad. It is really sad. And she keeps giving it. She keeps trying, like, what's the most sad about this is, like, the whole series, both seasons, she's just trying to give it to her dad, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. 
it's just brutal the number of times it backfires or falls apart. What number do we think her dad is? Oh, gosh. I mean, obviously, like, I would say a very unhealthy nine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. He's so off to see. Like, he, yeah. I just picture inside of his mind is just like a swamp or something. Oh. (laughs) Like, he just... Yeah, he is trying to wade through mud or something. Mm-hmm. It struck me this isn't really an Enneagram thing, although it could be like an avoidance thing, which is a nine dimension. I think he keeps his distance, especially from Fleabag, because he says multiple times that Fleabag is like his deceased wife. Yes. Yeah. So when he spent, I think he doesn't want to spend time with Fleabag and connect with her because it just reminds him of his late wife. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's so sad. Avoidance, I guess. I couldn't really tell like, it's a great show (laughs) y'all. It's a good show, (laughs) but it's a bummer. Let's talk about Martin. Who's Martin? Oh, Claire's Claire's husband. husband. Oh my gosh. What a terrible, he's He's the worst. He's the what absolute a worst. Expertly person on crafted the show. villain. Holy yeah. crap. He's and I hate to say it, but it's something though. about his baldness. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not saying that like bald men are evil or something. I'm just saying there's something about the fact that he's like balding. He's well, gross. Well, what, what the balding does is give you a sense of where it all comes from. Like, you get a you get a very clear sense that it's all coming from insecurity, right? Like, I, I, there's something really br- beautiful about the way they craft that villain where he is the worst person I've ever seen on Earth. Mm-hmm. And yet, he seems very human. Like, he seems insecure, like, fundamentally. Yes, he uh, is uh, acting. All of his actions come out of self-loathing. Mm-hmm. Not just pure malice it's all like inwardly directed and then it spills mm-hmm. out onto other people gosh so, i don't know i don't know either a five i, I don't think it's fair to call him an eight just because he's me no um and it doesn't really make sense to me anyway. well okay so i'm gonna call him an eight um <laughs> not because he's mean but because he is Exerting his power yeah, and control on others. He, he is dominating mm-hmm. people. And Fleabag in particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. he yeah, he is all he's physically making her uncomfortable, invading her space. He kisses her. That's like an assault. <sighs> um it's how I yeah. feel about when I think about kissing Martin. Is that uh, sound? Yeah. Uh. Uh, that's mine. Yeah, and so he's, like, he's very, and then how, like, inappropriate he is with people, like, that's a control thing. When you say Mm. something that's basically sexually harassing someone, but you laugh it off like it's, like, you're just being funny. Mm -hmm. It's a joke. So I, I think that those are control things, and so I think he's an eight. I don't know if this is an eight thing. He he does seem to the way that he acts particularly toward Fleabag, which is like horrendous, is mm-hmm. ultimately about like a deep insecurity about losing his marriage and losing Claire. And he's trying so yeah. hard to hold on to it. And he sees that yeah. Fleabag is maybe talking to Claire in a way that would like move her away from the marriage or from him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But he does use yeah. like intimidation. Like, mm-hmm. kind of physical and verbal intimidation. I don't know if that makes him an eight, but he's definitely not a two. Uh, yeah. Oh, well. What? No. Okay, he's not a seven. Yeah, I think that's correct. He's not a nine. Not a nine. No. He's not a one. Could be a one. He's not a three. Not a three. <laughs> I just can't. I'm just narrowing yeah. it down. Yeah. Not a five. No. Not a six. Right. <laughs> he could be a six. Oh, four yeah. sixes. 
Uh, One of the trends on this show is that sixes turn out to be real sad characters. <laughs> it's just like a consistent thing. And and it's not fair. It's not true to life. But um, they're like, they don't make, like, good sixes don't make for interesting, like, narratives. Right. <laughs> they're just like, I'm still committed to the organization. Yeah. I think the best. The, <laughs> like Kenneth Parcell. Yeah. I'm a really loyal friend. Oh, <laughs> Kenneth. Parcell, yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Or, uh, or Samwise Ganji, right? Like, that's a classic. <laughs> no, six. Sam is a two. Okay, whatever. <laughs> You're projecting, <laughs> Bethany. Later. No. <laughs> this whole show is just us projecting our own numbers on the Anyway, people. I don't think Martin is a six, <sighs> though. I really don't see that. Okay, well let's let's um do some life advice. This is the next segment we call Life Advice Through the Lens of the Enneagram. This is where we give our characters or a character from the show um, life advice through the lens of the Enneagram. Mm. So mm-hmm. should we give uh should we give Martin life advice? Oh gosh. <laughs> Or is he, oh he beyond help? <clears throat> Are we just not in the mood? No, he's not do, beyond help. He's, I do feel I like he think. is maybe... Pro, I, I feel like that he... Bleh, I <laughs> feel that he is the most two-dimensional character of kind of the main characters of the show. Mm-hmm, only because he's only ever awful. Like, you don't... He doesn't get a chance to redeem himself or get better. Yeah, yeah. That's um, true. The most that happens is he's he is revealed as totally insecure and sad. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's revealed as sad as opposed to mad or whatever, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which makes him slightly more three dimensional. But yeah, I I would thought I think it would be interesting to to, to give the uh, the dad life advice, mm. um, because he's in a fix. I think where he um. I th- I believe he really loves this woman, and I think what he loves about her is that she helps him figure out what he wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mm-hmm. actually I think they are a perfect match because he's so extremely passive, and mm-hmm. he's just not an active participant yeah. in life at this point. She yeah. is so extremely domineering, mm-hmm. and like she imposes her will onto everyone around her and so i think she's happy to fill in those gaps and just do everything for him but i think if he were to change that like if he were to like wake up to himself Mm -hmm. and start having a will and thoughts and emotions of his own i don't think it would work out between Mm. them See, that is where the number it becomes important, the number mm-hmm. of the godmother. If she's an eight, she's going to advocate for him. If she's an eight, mm. she's going to make it happen. All he has to do is say, no, no, actually, I want to have a relationship with my daughters, mm. and I need it, you to help I me make it happen. I think that's true if she's a healthy eight, mm-hmm. but she's yeah, not. Yes, yes, yes. So I that's think right, that's right. I don't, I don't think she would do that. I think she would go, you're not doing what I want you to do anymore. Hmm. And I think she mm-hmm. would not be happy with that. Well, that's where you set the boundaries and let let it happen. You, you figure out what's that's that's what he needs to do is he needs to be clear about he needs to okay, here's here's my practical advice. Write down three things in life you want to happen. That's this is it. for the dad. The dad. Mm-hmm. You just need three things. None of it, none of it, none, nothing else matters. Mm-hmm. But you have to make yourself care about three things. Mm-hmm. And you need to make sure that everyone in your life understands. And probably what it is, is relationship with that woman, relationship with one daughter, relationship with the other daughter. Mm -hmm. And those three things need to happen and they all need to come together Mm -hmm. to make sure that those things are going to happen. And the really crazy thing about it is like Fleabag (sighs) fundamentally understands this. Like Fleabag Mm. gets what he wants. Mm. Yeah. She knows it. How do you see that? Um. The the moment that sticks out to me the most is just when she is talking to him after the party or something, and they're having a really nice conversation. They're really starting to get somewhere, mm-hmm. and then the godmother walks up, and he freezes, and they can't talk anymore. Mm-hmm. And a version of that happens in the second season, too. Mm-hmm. And there is just a, – there is a feeling that um, 
they are on the same wavelength. Like they really understand each other. Fleabag yeah. and the husband. Yeah. Hmm. In a like she is that's a four thing too that I thought may make her a four. Like that that implicit like understanding of people and like what they need and what they're what they're feeling hmm. and being able to relate to them on that level, like almost automatically. Mm-hmm. Um just by naming it in the moment, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and he was really receptive to that as long as he was not in the vicinity of Godmother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? So. Oh, I hate her so much. <laughs> <laughs> so the advice for her would be like, make space for your husband to have a will of his own. Yeah. Make him write down the three things so you can have yeah. something to do. I mean, at their wedding, she's going around introducing people and she forgets his name. Yes. Oh, that man. was wild. And that she just crazy. says like, oh, I just call him darling or whatever. But it's so weird. Oh, yeah. man. I cringe because I would do something like that. That's me. <laughs> Bethany knows. Um, her name is Jennifer. Yeah. yeah. And she's a badass. <laughs> I feel like both you, I feel like be- both of you have experienced this part of me where I... I'm really bad at this kind of thing. Oh, yeah. It it's more be. just like in introductions where there's like multiple social dynamics to navigate. Right. But not because you would like actually forget <laughs> your wife's no, name. I, well, um, yeah, no, correct. <laughs> <laughs> I just call her babe. Yeah. I just call her boo. Um, all right. I well, want to give Fleabag it. Advice. Okay, give Fleabag advice. Mm-hmm. Well, because I think she's a seven. Mm-hmm. I think she actually needs to process the pain of everything yeah. that mm-hmm. has happened. Mm-hmm. Her mom's death, Boo's death, the cheating with Boo's boyfriend, the, the priest thing. Just process, work through all of that stuff because she's going to keep doing these unhealthy things mm-hmm. even in her pursuit of growth and i and i do think she does grow because i think the fact that she was able to fall in love with hot priest mm-hmm. was growth for her yeah, yeah. i mean they there it was clear that there was like a true connection and like really mm-hmm. seeing each other in vulnerability like this wasn't just like a hookup or something right, right. like they really this was a friendship and yeah. Here, here's where. Here's okay. We're coming back to that original conversation about the uh, confession booth moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is where that went wrong. Is they mm-hmm. had the possibility of having a friendship, mm-hmm. yeah. one that essentially, to oversimplify, replaced Boo's friendship, served the same role. Mm. She was going to get that intimacy with someone mm-hmm. and feel safe in doing it because he's a priest and he's not going to cross that line. Mm, but the wow. moment he became a person who can cross that line, mm-hmm. she can't do it anymore. And he's the one who had to call it, you know? Right. Right. That's infuriating to me. That's yeah. like he, I agree. he should have been the stronger person between the two of them. Yes, Absolutely. Because well, she yes. couldn't be the stronger one given her patterns of relating to men. Mm-hmm. And given her, given the power dynamic as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, my advice to him would be like, don't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe don't get drunk at the church. Yeah, seriously, he needs to um, address his alcohol issue. <laughs> well, I feel like part of the show's conceit was like, yeah, he's a priest, but he's cool. So, like, yeah. he cusses and he drinks and he smokes. He's not like a yeah. typical priest. Like, I felt but like it, it was also, a way of the show kind of making him more approachable, approachable and feel more human and less like, oh, yeah. he's a priest, you know? But yeah. also, I think they did make it like this isn't just him being cool and drinking. Like, he has a problem. He yeah. said mm. both of his parents were drunks. I forgot about that. So I think it's supposed to actually be like a A bit of a problem. Interesting. And it's isn't it interesting that his brother is a pedophile? (laughs) Like a pedophile. um, (laughs) That's how um, he says it. That's how he says it. Um, I know. It's it's interesting. Like it's it's kind of like played as a joke. Um, mm-hmm. but when you think about it, mm-hmm. you, you have yet another pattern of a person like abusing power dynamics to mm-hmm. for sexual pre- pleasure, essentially. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's such dark, a throwaway but... line at the beginning. But yeah. I mean, you definitely get the sense that he kind of his family background is kind of messy. Very broken. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I would say get sober, use the confessional booth just for confession. Don't lead women on <laughs> who are attending your church. That's yeah. all. In, that's all in priest handbook one hundred and one stuff. Like uh, it's not really enneagram two stuff. It's like well, I mean, no. I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just like. Yeah. I'm just aghast at how basic <laughs> this advice is. I think like, he needs to be aware of his weaknesses. Like mm. obviously he he has a desire for intimacy and love, and he is a sexual being, mm-hmm. and so he needs to know that he can't just have a super close friendship with a woman who's not a Christian who wants to have sex with him. Like, yeah, you I can't mean, you, do that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, our next segment is often hit or miss, but I think it's probably worth talking about today. It is called who the f- is this for? where we talk about which Enneagram numbers or whatever uh, would enjoy this program. <laughs> this program. <laughs> I mean. Program. Because Fleabag, I think we've established, is probably a seven. Like, I I feel like it depicts the problems that come up when you don't sit with pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when you try to run from pain or brush it off or just kind of hold life at a distance because it's too painful, you deal like the pain has to go somewhere, you know? And so she deals with it in these super unhealthy ways. And I, it seems like it's clear that like the growth path for her, like for like true processing and healing is to actually let the pain in, Mm -hmm. which I feel like is a good lesson for sevens. Yeah. So it's a must watch for sevens if you I can. don't think I don't think ones would like this show. Mm. And like I have a very strong one wing, so I was always in conflict watching it because mm. of how wrong. <laughs> like Oh yes. yes. <laughs> I didn't feel that so, way. <laughs> no? Yeah, I didn't really feel that way either. Jennifer had a little bit of a time watching this. She was very frustrated. She was more frustrated even than I was at the uh, confession scene because mm-hmm. of what was happening in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think that was maybe some counterphobic six coming out. So maybe mm. counterphobic six shouldn't watch it. So I, I definitely could yes. see how a one and then maybe especially like a religious one would be like mm-hmm. pretty icked out by elements of this. I mean, not so much because there are like sexual plot lines, but just Mm -hmm. you have a religious figure who so clearly like does the wrong thing. Yeah. You know, and abuses his power and goes against his own Mm -hmm. like calling and sense of what's right and wrong. Yeah. But I wonder if it might actually be the fact that he does in the end kind of come back do the right thing. Like he, he has a clarity in the end Mm -hmm. about what his calling is. And that's not going to (sighs) change his ultimate devotion is to God. He makes that very clear. I mean, she says like, it's God, isn't it? It's God. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's so heartbreaking. Yeah, it really Mm. is. And I, and he makes the right decision, like clearly a great personal cost because he Mm -hmm. says that he loves her. Yeah. You know? And so I don't know. I, I think everybody should watch it. <laughs> and there it is. That's why we hate the segment. It's because we always end up at everybody should watch it. Yeah. Um, but maybe yeah, fives no, would find it boring. I think fives would probably find it boring. I think nines would find it stressful. Oh, that's true. There's mm-hmm. a lot of conflict. There's a lot of conflict. There's a lot of Oh fights. my gosh. I, 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 I spent this whole episode without talking about the, the first episode of season two, which is the greatest episode of TV. I've ever seen. I it's love it. It's just masterfully crafted. This is the mm-hmm. dinner. Is. This is the, the engagement dinner mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. And there's an Enneagram takeaway here, and I want to get to it before we leave, which is mm. um, 
the, the way in which every number at that table needs the other numbers to fully be those other numbers, mm. like in a really gross and bad way, is like really striking in yes. that moment. Mm. They need Fleabag like Claire needs her to be disrupting or being inappropriate. She's like getting mm-hmm. mad at her because she's being so quiet. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like uh like the 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 nine doesn't know what to say, so he needs the eight to interrupt, and then the eight is constantly interrupting the nine, like shut up, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean it's it's a masterpiece. It's incredible. Like the the human dynamics at play there, and and the 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 icing on the top is the Enneagram Two waitress, beautifully <laughs> beautifully acted. Yeah, I oh love those little like jokes in that show that make it so funny. Like mm-hmm. that waitress who's just overly helpful and overly needy, and like yeah. the little joke at the. At the mom's funeral where Fleabag just looks really good that day. Yes. And everyone keeps telling her, you look gorgeous. You look beautiful. And she's, she's like, she's, I don't know what to do. I'm trying yeah. to look bad. <laughs> yeah. But which, my hair which, just keeps falling in this cute way. Perfectly, yeah. yeah. And and uh, juxtaposed against the try-hard three next to her is just funny. Mm-hmm. It's just really And funny. Claire's haircut. Where she's Claire's like, I look like a gosh. pencil. <laughs> I, there's there's so much to talk about. It's a dense series. Um, everyone tweeted us. Tell us what you think. Who are the Enneagram numbers? What are they? I haven't really practiced this, but um, tell us what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Caitlin, do you want to plug anything before we go? Do you have a platform? <laughs> do you have a platform? Um, I you mean, want to boost your brand? I feel embarrassed. Why? I feel like you're making fun of me. No, I'm I not. I feel like I, you're I making fun of her too. Um, I'm sorry. No, see, I'm, just, Richard. I'm just making it. Silly. Do you want to plug your brand on your I all, platform? I'm, I'm always <laughs> plugging my brand. Okay, everywhere so I go. my full time job is that I acquire books for Brazos Press. I'm always yeah. happy to get like book pitches or proposals. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's pitch her our book right now. No chill enneagram. <laughs> the book. <laughs> The book. Um, let me pray on that. Um, wow. <laughs> occasionally, I write articles. You can find them at CaitlinBeatty.com. Mm-hmm. I, you know, of all the social media platforms, Twitter remains my favorite. I've really tried to like juice up my Instagram game, but I just, oh, I nice. can't, I can't do the like long, flowy, like Bible study teacher locks. Yeah. Or the like, <sighs> when you're trying hard enough, it's because you're hardly trying. So you're too gendered. You got to go merit with it. You got to stand in the middle of a busy street. Why would you and- say that, Richard? <laughs> <laughs> but I can't. I can't. I, okay. Like, I will hire a professional photographer to take photos of me, like, once every three years for headshots. Yeah. But the moment I feel like all of my photos on Instagram, are cl- it's clear that there's, like, a professional photographer in my living room. Like, give me right. a break. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. is why sometimes I don't know if I'm a three or like maybe I'm a healthy three because I value authenticity. I want to be, mm-hmm. I don't, I hate the artifice of Instagram. Anyway, well, you, got that that's full, good. you got that wing. You got that wing. Anyway, I'm on Twitter a lot. Mm-hmm. I am writing a book about celebrity in the church. Oh, I'm excited nice. about that one. Um, and I'm also, the reason I have the fancy podcast stuff is that. I am, fingers crossed, (laughs) I've recorded several episodes um, with Roxanne Stone, who (gasps) is an editor with Religion News Service about being Christian women in New York City and all these dimensions of like figuring out your faith in the big city. And it's supposed to launch in March. Nice. That's so exciting. That is exciting. So, what's the name? Do, should, is there a way to subscribe to it right now? No, not yet. Okay, that'll be well. that will be revealed in due time. Okay, it's called. Christian you can come back on the show. Women when, in when the big city. 
<laughs> we're just like, you know, like sitting in martini glasses with, yeah. you know, the Sex in the City music playing in the background. Not really. Oh, man. It's be- just think Sex in the City, but not sex. And it's Christian. Christian in the city. <laughs> oh, I mean, gosh. The, Sounds really exciting. The second episode is about like our experience with online dating apps. So that's awesome. We try to go, you know, go vulnerable or go home. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's exciting. What so, Enneagram number is Roxanne? Four, 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 four with a three now wing. I'm really excited about this podcast. You know, the four with a three wing is called the peacock. <laughs> <laughs> well no, she's just like I hadn't heard that. I'm offended. No, no, like she's like glamorous and like one of a kind and like yeah. Yeah. just like Richard. Just like me. But yeah. how like it's the difference glamorous. between us, like I'm a little bit more like like task oriented. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and she's more like all up in her feelings. Yeah. But we're similar. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Well, that sounds awesome. When you when that comes <laughs> out. Uh, you asked uh, me you to can, plug my brand and then I talked for three minutes. So. <laughs> That's great. You can come back on and you can tell people the name of that. And then yes. I'm sure they'll be interested. Um, all right. Well, thank you, Caitlin. Usually we just fade music in. At some point. Yeah, this was super fun. Thanks for having me. No Chill Enneagram is an area code production. It is hosted by Richard Clark and Bethany Perkins. Look. Richard's a four. He needs your affirmation. And Bethany's a two. She needs your love. Follow us and send us your thoughts on Twitter at NoChillEnnyaPod and Instagram at NoChillEnneagram. Like, uh, like in Harry Potter... Never mind. I don't know anything about Harry Potter. I like literally couldn't think <laughs> of one other character's <laughs> name besides Harry Potter. Were you going to say Harry okay. Potter and another And Hermione. Number? Are they the same number? Are they the same no. number? No, no, and they're not in a relationship together. <laughs> okay, friends. I thought that they were. Never mind. No. <laughs> this is an Area Code podcast.